Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling God, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 4 Pick'em Pod. I'm Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we're approaching the first quarter of the NFL season. Yeah, already week four feels like it's flying by. A pretty big week for some undefeated teams we're going to talk about. The Lions, the Bills, are they for real? We'll see this week. Yeah, we're going to get into all these different matchups. Last week was one of those scary weeks where we actually agreed on all five games we profiled. Uh, we went 3-2, and two, so not bad. 2-0 on our locks of the week. Keep that going. We're 5-1 and one on the season right now. Good to start off hot. Hopefully you could keep it going this week. Um, yeah, so let's get right into it. Thursday night football. Eagles going into Lambeau to take on the Packers. Tyler, the line opened on this one as Packers minus one and a half. We're going off the current lines uh, of our good friends over at my bookie. The lines ballooned up. Packers are five-point favorites at home. Over under 46. Packers undefeated. Eagles ton of hype coming into the year. They're only one and two. Tyler, do you have a read on this game? Are you uh, are you sticking with your Packers here? It feels like, it, you know, it's only week four, but for the Eagles, if they drop to one and three, that's a really tough hole to climb out of in the NFC. There's a lot of good teams. They're already behind the eight ball with the Cowboys in the NFC East. So it feels like this is a must-win game for them. But just looking at some of these trends, I, I have to lean towards the Packers. 
11 and four against the spread their last 15 at home in September. Um, so yeah, I think I like the Packers minus five, but where, where are you leaning? Yeah. So some Thursday night football trends to start this year, underdogs and the unders are three and O so far this year. Um, and the Packers have covered every game. The Eagles have not covered any of their games. Uh, Alshon Jeffries due to come back. I'm leaning the Eagles actually in this one. I think five points is a lot. And like you said, this kind of feels like the Eagles have to show up um, in the NFC to go down and start the year one and three. Think about it. The NFC North, all those teams are above 500. You have the NFC West where the 49ers and Rams are both undefeated. You have the Seahawks who are two and one. NFC South is a little bit of a disaster. But with the start that the Cowboys are off to this year, I think the Eagles, this is a prove-it game for me. I think they've got to show up. Um, The Packers' defense has been incredible so far this year. Uh, They lead the NFL in turnover margin. They're fifth against the pass, which does make me a little bit nervous. Um, But I'm I'm on the Eagles in this one. Five points, I think, is just too much. Um, But under Doug Peterson... They are 13-9 and nine against the spread as an underdog. I think they come in with a chip on their shoulder. That was a shitty game they lost versus the Lions, and I think they're going to do enough to cover. And I, I told myself I wouldn't curse, but I did already game one. Ugh, that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> At what point is Carson Wentz just not that good? I feel like we keep coming back to his 2017 season where he probably would have won MVP, but he got hurt. Last year, he came back, and he wasn't great. He's probably still injured. So far through three games, he's been shaky. Like, at what point is he just not that good? Yeah, I mean, if I don't know. This, the Packers are a very good team. If he lays a dud, I don't know. It's still early. Last year, he was coming off the injury. I'm not reading too much into it because if they don't have that BS penalty called against them, uh, last week on the blocked field goal return. I think it's a different game. If Nelson Aguilar just catches the ball versus the Falcons, they're probably 2-1. and one. Um, I think this is a lot of love for the Packers. I think I'm giving the Packers a slight advantage. Um, obviously, they're home, but five points just seems like a lot to me. Um, I think getting Sean Jeffrey back is huge. Nelson Aguilar is a good wide receiver, but he's your number one. You have some problems getting free back is big and i think they're going to try and focus on getting the run game going i'd like to see miles sander sanders get a little more involved this week um so you're you're 100 on the packers huh it looks that way like you mentioned the underdogs and the under are three and on thing on thursday night football so far seems like that number has to swing back coming into this year the home teams on thursday night we're hitting against the spread at a 61% clip uh, since 2014. So it seems like that number is bound to come back towards the home teams early in the year. The Packers have 12 sacks on the season, second in the NFL. I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on Wentz. We saw last week <clears throat> with Detroit, they got pressure on him. They rattled him, threw the offense off. And I think on a short week, going into Lambeau is not an easy task. I know he said that this feels like a must-win game. But I just really like the way the Packers are playing. I think they're gaining confidence as each week goes. That defense has been lights out. And I think offensively, Rodgers will start to get it going. The Eagles have only sacked the quarterback twice this year. If you're not getting pressure on Rodgers, he's going to have a lot of time back there. So I like the Packers. Yeah, I'm 
I am on the Eagles run sides here. And Tyler, should we announce our little uh, t-shirt giveaway that we're doing on Thursday Night Football this week? Go for it. Yeah. yeah so we we now have merch full slate. Um, I, for those of you who follow us on Twitter, you'll have seen us uh, tweet about it. But we're going to give away one t-shirt to a lucky full slate listener. And work is you'll basically have to send us a screenshot of you downloading this episode give a retweet on the tweet that we'll put out there tomorrow and thursday and you're gonna have to dm us your pick for the game uh, so similar to what happened two weeks ago which we had everyone it was it was the bucks panthers game awful slight listeners who tried to do our 20 dollar contest took the panthers no one won that one so we're, we're, we're running it back. We're try- we are literally trying to give away a T-shirt here, Tyler. This game, I see it being more action on both sides. Um, so I think like we're split. I assume our listeners will be as well. Um, but yeah, so look out for that on Twitter. We're trying to give away some merch. And uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll even get our own free merch, but we haven't gotten there yet, Tyler. Not yet. The shirts are fire, so make sure to follow us on Twitter, submit your pick, and hopefully we are able to give away a shirt this week, like you mentioned. Last time, everyone was on the Panthers, and that did not come to fruition, so hopefully this time we're able to give something away. Yeah, yeah, so hopefully we get some winners, and uh, we give out a nice little t-shirt to a lucky listener. Um, So that's the first game. We're on opposite sides already, so a hotter start than last week. Tyler, second game, we've got the biggest game in Simbill's history, uh, besides that one kind of fluky playoff run they had, the Pats come into town to take on the undefeated Bills, battle of the top two teams in the AFC East. The Patriots are seven and a half point road favorites in this one, over unders 42. Tyler, we've been like unofficial uh, circling the wagon for the Buffalo Bills for a few weeks now, and. Uh, do you think they have enough to to cover at home versus Pat's behemoth? I want to take the Bills. Like you said, we've adopted them as our second favorite team. I want them to give the Patriots a tough game. The trends are pretty against them in this game. So in the Brady-Belichick error, they are 14-4-1 against the spread it, while playing in Buffalo. 12 of those games, they've won by double digits. They've won the last five in Buffalo. The Bills just cannot get it done versus the Patriots. I want to take Buffalo. So, Cody, please try to convince me why they would cover in this game. So the first, as I was doing my research for the pod, I circled the Bills because I'm like, they're plus seven and a half. That's a lot of points. They have a top five defense in the league, in my opinion. I think they have enough. They have enough to basically give the Patriots problems. Um, Something that really concerned me the more I dug into this piggybacking off your trends and again you have to take the trends with the patriots a little bit with a grain of salt not like because they've been so absurdly good for so long of course everything is going to be in their favor and this is a different bills team than team years past but something i really don't like is that uh the rookie running back devin singletary who's been outstanding he's averaging over 10 yards a carry he hurt his hamstring uh last week in that game versus Cincinnati now we love Frank Gore but they're gonna need the Patriots pass defense has been absolutely incredible so far this season Josh Allen is much improved but 
the Bills, in order to win this game, I see them having to control time and possession, run the ball effectively, minimize the number of times Tom Brady gets the ball. Things we've seen like teams like the Ravens do successfully in the past. Um, but because Singletary is banged up, we're looking at a running back duo, Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon. It's still TBD whether Singletary is actually going to play, but hamstring injuries always kind of linger. I'm with you. I'm taking the Pats minus seven and a half. I really, I really want to sprinkle a little bit on Bill's money line because I do feel like the Patriots either stomp on the Bills and they're like, We're, this is still our territory. Like it's cute. Bill's Mafia is out in full force. Um, or I think the Bills win by like a field goal. And I don't see anything in between. I, I hope it's for the latter, but I agree with you. I think the Patriots go up there and maybe rip the souls out of the Bills early in the season. If they win this game, the AFC East is over in my head. The yep. Patriots' defense leads the league in sacks, total yards allowed, points against. They're leading. They're also leading in rush defense. They're only allowing 36.7 rush yards a game. Granted, they've been killing yep. every team they've been playing, but... Again, they've been killing every team they've been playing. So why do you think the Bills are any different? They've gotten off to a good start, the Bills. You could, you know, play devil's advocate. They haven't really beaten anybody. They almost blew a game at home to Cincinnati last week. So I don't know. I want to believe in the Bills. Bills Mafia is going to be out in full force. This is the biggest game they've had probably in like 20, 25 years since Jim Kelly was the quarterback. So the atmosphere is going to be awesome. But this feels like big brother versus little brother. Big brother in this aspect, I think, just comes up there and just destroys them. Yeah, we, we all know how that relationship typically works. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to take the bills. I'm trying to convince myself to take the bills, Tyler. We're doing everything in our power not to because the so let's let's take a quick breakdown of who the Pats have played so far this year. So they played the Steelers Week One, Big Ben. When that team was, I mean, we think Big Ben was healthy at that point and absolutely stomped on them 30-3. The Patriots still haven't given up an offensive touchdown. They stomped on the Dolphins. They let the Jets backdoor cover last week, but again, two fluky plays. I ugh, I mean, I really I do want to take the Bills, but I, I think I got to go Pats here. Minus seven and a half. That's, if it was closer to 10, I'd feel a lot better about it. I'm not even worried about the Bills' defense, really. Like we've said, it's probably top five in the league. They've played really well. They're very well coached. They've had the second most takeaways with seven through three games. But the issue is, offensively, Josh Allen, he still makes those plays that make you scratch your head where he runs back 20 yards and tries to chuck up a pass and he gets intercepted. Like, that's the bigger issue. And if Singletary isn't playing, we love Frank Gore, but he's not the guy he used to be. Like the run game needs to get it going. They need to keep Brady off the field. But Belichick is going to come to this game knowing that's the case. And he's going to do everything to shut down their run game and make Josh Allen beat them, which we, we haven't seen yet. He's improved. He's shown flashes. But in a game like this, I, I still don't have confidence in Josh Allen to be able to win them. Uh, uh, yeah. So, okay. So we're in agreement there. Pat's minus seven and a half. And it feels like that number is only going to go up. Uh, so. For full slate listeners, if you are on the Patriots, I think now's the time to to lock that in. Um, 
third premier game of the week, we have a battle of two undefeated teams. Again, people forget Detroit Lions are undefeated, and they are uh, hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. The Lions are plus seven at home, getting seven points. The over-under in this one is 54. Tyler, I gave out the pick that Matt Patricia uh, would be first coach fired before the season started. Now, they find themselves 2-0-1 and really should be 3-0. They absolutely blew that week one game versus the Cardinals. They back-to-back big wins over the Chargers and the Eagles. Do you think Mahomes comes in and this Andy Reid machine continues to roll? Or are the Lions a little more legit than like we think here? I have a hard time seeing the Chiefs coming in and not laying like 35 points on the Lions. Darius Slay is out. Uh, Mike Daniels also might be out for the Lions. Those are two huge pieces on their defense. If those guys aren't playing, the Chiefs are going to have, they're going to do whatever they want. And look at the Chiefs game so far. They played Jacksonville, put up 40. In the next two Jacksonville games, their defense has looked really good. Baltimore's defense has looked good outside the Chiefs game. So I think any team that's playing the Chiefs, you have to take with a grain of salt. They're going to give up at least 30 points in that game. I looked it up. Since Mahomes has become the starter, the least amount of points they scored in a game was 26. This offense is an absolute wagon. I don't see how they get slowed down in a dome. McCoy's been a really good ad. Any receiver they plug into that offense balls out. So I think the Chiefs come in and take care of business. Yeah, I. so I looked ahead here a little bit. So the Lions are on a bye week five. The Chiefs, on the other hand, host the Colts on Sunday Night Football. Now, coming off that huge home victory against the Ravens, ton of hype Lamar coming in town after last year's overtime game and having a rematch against the Colts who they be in the playoffs next week this feels a little bit like a trappy sandwich game to me um and I kind of like the Lions with the points here plus seven I I've I've hated on the Lions as much as anyone I didn't give them any credit in that victory over the Chargers. Said that was vintage Chargers. Um, and then with the Eagles last week, I was like, oh, well, eh, a couple things didn't go their way. So the Eagles probably would have. But again, they covered both those games. And that is imp- that is impressive at the end of the day. Plus seven at home. I think I, I like the Lions. I just feel like the Chiefs are due for a little bit of a, a letdown game in this spot. Maybe the Chiefs are 0 and 4 straight up, 0 and 3 against 0 3 and 1 against the spread on the road versus the NFC teams since 2017. So that might be a favorable trend in the Lions' way. Also, last year the Lions I think were seven point dogs at home versus the Patriots on Sunday night, and they won that game outright. So maybe they do have a little bit of that magic as a home dog versus perennial AFC teams. But I will say Andy Reid versus Belichick has had a lot of success versus defenses. Matt Patricia is a Belichick guy, obviously. So I don't think he has any you know, trepidation going up against this Lions defense. And the Lions, you mentioned they're on a bye next week. They're 4-11 and against the spread their last 15 games before the bye week. They're 4-6 and against the spread as a home dog since 2017. So not great trends that way. Mm-hmm. I just think the Chiefs... Like, were were they underrated coming into the year? Because I feel like people are still amazed at what they're doing. I think we just kind of forgot how amazing that offense actually is. Like, the way they lost to the Patriots 
was so demoralizing. The fact that the defense couldn't get one stop in overtime. Um, I don't like they they're like you said, they're an absolute wagon. They're rolling through everyone. To me, it feels like they're just going to hit a little bit of a blip in the radar. I think this is a letdown spot. I know the lines are two Oh and one, but traveling up there, I, I, I don't know this line again, plus seven. We fell victim to it last week with this uh, Seahawks at home versus the saints. But to me, this feels like a trappy number. The chiefs, it's like the offensive firepower, all these things, but let's not forget the Chiefs' defense is not good, and I and I like the Lions' run game. I think Carryon Johnson's got a lot of talent. The Lions have weapons on the outside in Galladay and Marvin Jones. And say what you will about Matt Stafford, but the guy has been successful as an NFL quarterback. Uh, um, so all that being said, I'm on I'm on the Lions plus seven. I don't feel amazing about it, but I think the Chiefs are in a bit of a letdown spot here successful as a garbage quarterback for sure so that is something to look at that the Chiefs could be up big in this game and they take their foot off the gas and that's the thing Mahomes has thrown for at least 370 and three touchdowns in every game and it feels like he's could have done more in every game they've taken their foot off the gas he's could he probably could have put up 500 yards in each of those games so I think they get off to another hot start in this game and you're playing against the Chiefs you basically have to just score with them. If you go consecutive drives without scoring, they're going to put up points. I don't think the Lions have that offensive firepower to match up with them. So I like the Chiefs. I know it's a big road favorite number, but Mahomes in the Dome feels like that's going to be an absolute firework show. Let's move on to what I think is the best game on Sunday. The Vikings taking on the Bears in Chicago. Bears are two and a half point favorites over under 38 and a half. I'll kick this one to you, Cody, because I am split right down the middle on this game. You could convince me why I should lean one way. Oh, really? So you're actually, well, this is like your, your what, your two quarterbacks in the NFL up against each other. Definitely. Yeah, so you're you're a lost little puppy over there, scurrying from side to side, not sure which way to go. Um, so two and a half is, is not much at all. Um Again, we just saw what the Bears did last night on Monday Night Football. They went up huge in the first half, but that game got sneaky close. Um, I mean, I'll Case be honest Keenum with you. I, horrible. I turned it off after the first half. I put a little money on the Tariq Cohen over uh, receptions and receiving yards, and as soon as I saw it was 28-0 and he had done nothing in the first half, I knew that one had sailed um but that game got sneaky close and yes case keenum is terrible uh but the bears were like trying to let the redskins back in that one uh Trubisky played well in the first half finally for the first time all year um but the vikings are coming in after getting getting their swagger back a little bit against oakland raiders my lock of the week last week and of course everyone knows our producer Alex tweeted at me like, oh, I, I know which way you're going to be leaning on this Vikings-Bears game now. So I did my research on the, this matchup last year at Soldier Field, and the Vikings lost, I believe it was 25-20, to 20, if my, I can read my handwritten notes here. Cousins went 30-46, of 46, 262 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Now the number I want to key in on there is 46 passing attempts. There is no way in the world that this Vikings team is actually going to throw the ball 46 times in Chicago. I did a little weather check for you, Tyler, of your city. It's supposed to rain on Sunday. 
Um, they are going to hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook and Madison. I hope upwards of 30, 35 times and really rely on the run game. I, I just don't. I don't see them. Last year, John DeFilippo, they threw the ball a ton. This year, they've been happy to, in close games, hand the ball off a ton of times. And I I think Trubisky, again, he played well in the first half. This is a big home game against a Vikings defense that I I just I like what they're doing. And I think, I think they, I mean, ever since that first half of the Packers game, this defense has been rolling. So... Thoughts? Did I convince you? Did I convince you to take the Bears, or are you leaning Kirk Cousins here? This is a tough one. These have are, to be my these have are, to be my two least favorite quarterbacks, probably outside of Eli, in the NFL. Both are so terrible. They just have such awful trends. Like Kirk Cousins in his career, the stat has been reiterated time and time again. Five and twenty-six against winning teams. Since he's been the Vikings quarterback versus over five hundred teams or one and seven straight up, two and six against the spread. And I looked it up. I got really deep into the numbers. So in games since he's been the Vikings QB, whenever if they've been trailing at one point in the game, they're three, eight and one straight up. So what that what does that say? If the Vikings get down in this game and they have to put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands, that's when it gets shaky. The Bears' defense has been Case Keenum was terrible. They really made it tough on him. He threw three picks, probably could have been five or six. They absolutely dominated that game. Now, having said that, Mitch Trubisky does not make me feel any more confident. He did throw three touchdowns. One was a nice play. I'll tip my cap to him on that one. The other two were wide open, like two-yard passes. Great play design by Matt Nagy. I have no trust in either of these teams It's a, or any of the, either of these quarterbacks. It's a two-and-a-half-point spread, which basically indicates that the teams are even, and since the Bears are home, you give them the slight nod, which I agree with. So I'll give you some trends. The Bears are 7-1 against the spread their last eight division games. Since 2017, the Bears are the, an NFL best at home, 12-5-1 against the spread. So you would think I'm leaning the Bears, but still, I just I can't trust Trubisky. The Vikings' defense has been awesome. Dalvin Cook is leading the NFL in rushing. Madison's looked really good. Like you said, if they take the ball out of Cousins' hands and let the rush game do what it's done, and they get a quick touchdown, why would I have any confidence in Trubisky bringing them back? Are you gonna do? Are you gonna plead the fifth year? What's your pick? <laughs> can I can I pick a tie? Um, oh, it's tough. Maybe Vikings. I'm going with the Bears. They're at home. Um, all, right, all right, this is a big, big bad week for us here. It is. The Vikings are 3-15 and 15 straight up their last 18 games in Chicago. The Bears are great at home. They have been the last year plus under Nagy with the new offense and everything. But, God, if the Bear, whoever goes down, whoever scores first in this game is going to win. That, that's my prediction. Like I said, I'm taking the Bears 2.5 at home. I like that. The trends I said are in their favor. But if the Vikings score first and the Dalvin Cook gets some momentum going, the Bears have no chance. If the Vikings are actually going to be a legit NFC North contender, they go into Chicago and they win this game. This Bears team is not the same Bears team as last year. I know Matt Nagy came in and he was the offensive guru, but like I think that they've lost that magic. And I don't. I'm. I feel. I feel good about the Vikings in this one. Two and a half. Um, and honestly, 
I like the money line at plus 115. It's like at that point for me, it's close enough. And I think I think the Vikings get the job done plus 115. Not breaking news by any means here. I'm on the Vikings. I'm staying in that corner. And I think, uh, yeah, your boy Trubisky is just going to come back down to earth. And He's that's, not my and boy. That's good. Your boy Trubisky will lay an egg and the Vikings will cover plus two and a half. We're going to take a quick break here and have a couple words from our sponsors. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play and where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now. My bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A few of us on the show use Harry's razors. If you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com backslash blue wire. Why try Harry's? Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with the Harry's trial set. It comes with weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich, lathering shaved out, shave gel that will leave you smelling great and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com backslash blue wire make sure you go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to redeem your offer and let them know i sent you to help support the show all right cody let's move on to this sunday night game have the cowboys going into new orleans to take on the saints saints are two and a half point home dogs in this one over-unders 47. Not a lot of love for Teddy Two Gloves. Cody, where are you leaning <laughs> in this game? Of the Cowboys. The Cowboys are undefeated, both straight up and against the spread this year. And as a road favorite, they've done quite well of late, which, again, normally you think that's a little bit of a trepidatious spot, but not for them. They're in two straight up. It's three and one against the spread. Dak is playing for a contract, and he's playing like a man possessed. I know Michael Gallup went down a couple ago, and their schedule has been very favorable to start. Let's let's be honest. What between the Giants, Redskins, Dolphins, none of those teams are impressive. None of those teams will be contenders, but they've taken care of business and rolled in a similar way that we've seen the Pats roll. Um, so I. I love them in this spot, plus two and a half. Their defense has been incredible. They're one of four teams allowing less than 15 points a game. I I think they're going to get the job done. And I think the Saints win this week in Seattle was a bit flu. 14 points. They had a defensive touchdown, special teams touchdown. I don't think that's going to last. So um, 
I am fading Teddy Gloves. Are we? Are you with me here, Tyler? I found this stat, and this blew my mind. So Jason Garrett, we haven't talked about him much. They've started 3-0. They've looked very impressive. Usually, we're shitting on his coaching style. So they're in a way favorite. You would think in that situation, Jason Garrett would not be good. He's actually great. So in the past 20 games that's happened, the Cowboys are 17-3 and straight up. 13-6-1 against the spread when they're in a way favorite, which is incredible considering what people usually say about Garrett. Now, the Cowboys haven't really played anyone, arguably the three worst teams in the NFL. When Eli is starting for the Giants, Danny Dimes, different uh, subject. But I don't know. You mentioned the fluke touchdowns they got last week, but that was in Seattle. Any road game with a backup quarterback, you're going to need that. Obviously, you can rely on that. But in the Superdome, don't you think they're going to play a little better? The offense will play better. The defense will be amped up by the crowd. You don't think that'll play any sort of a factor? No, I'm sure it will play a factor. But this is the same thing. 500 yards to Seattle. I understand it's a road game, but Seattle's run game has been a bit of a disaster so far. Chris Carson has a fumble problem as a fantasy football owner of his in a number of leagues. I'm not feeling great about it. Russell Wilson did everything he wants to. I just think this Cowboys offense has way too much firepower, and I know it's on the road in the dome, always a scary place to play, but like, let's be honest, the Saints team has not been great against the spread of late. They're only one in seven, their last eight against the spread. And that's with Drew Brees. And that's with me choosing them uh, to win the Super Bowl. Like, I I think the Saints have a ton of talent, and I still like them in the NFC South, but I do not like them on Sunday Night Football. Um, I would be shocked if this spread doesn't balloon up a little more even to where the Cowboys at tip or something like three and a half to four road uh road favorites the saints did give up 500 yards last week but i looked at the box score they went up 33 to 14 with four minutes left in the game game was over and seattle had two garbage touchdowns drives that are 85 and 70 yards so you remove that they only gave up 350 total yards on the road which isn't terrible having said all this stats to go against you i do like the cowboys yeah as, yeah <laughs> get out of here as a road favorite Let's be honest, the Saints' home field advantage is not as great as it's been. You mentioned the 1-7 stat. They're 0-5 against their spread their last five at home. And since 2017, and this is all with Drew Brees, like you mentioned, the Saints are 9-11-1 against the spread at home. They just haven't been as dominant at home. That doesn't mean they're not winning games, but against the spread, they're not covering. That home field advantage just isn't there like it used to be. I don't know if that means lines have been ballooned up because people are overestimating how good it is and you know maybe they're a little higher but still Bridgewater he was he was pretty good on a road start you, you got to give him some credit there but like you said this Cowboys defense is legit their offenses look great I feel like I've been on Dak Prescott Island for a while and then this year me and Cow, me and my boy Coward were and now he's finally paying a forward he's pl- he's He's playing for that new contract. Every game, it's going up. And if he wins this game, that only gives him more bargaining power to the table at the Cowboys winning a, a road game on Sunday night in New Orleans. A play I do like, though, also, Cody, is the under 47. That might seem like a low number for these teams, but since 2015, Cowboys on the road, the under is hitting 75% of the time. And last year, they mm. scored... They scored seven fewer points a game on the road. So I could see this being a lower scoring game. 
Cowboys defense is good. I think the Saints defense will play good at home. I think we'll see a lot of Zeke and some clutch throws by Dak. So I like the under as well. Yeah, I I don't feel strongly about the under, but I like that's that little seventy five percent fact you threw out there. Um, yeah, I f- I feel really good about the Cowboys. They're uh, teaser alert. They're not. They are not my lock of the week, but they are probably second in line for me. I I feel great about about them in this. I think they take care of this on Sunday Night Football, but. Seamless segue. I said the word teaser. We're going to give out a quick little teaser delight here before we get to our lock of the week. Tyler, I'll let you nominate uh, your first leg of this teaser. Um, so who you going with here? I'm going to be honest, Cody. I wasn't loving the board for the teaser this week, but I found one anyway that I think is a sure lock. So I like the Colts. Minus seven, tease that down to minus one at home versus the Raiders. The Raiders are four and 22 straight up their last 26 games in the one o'clock Eastern slate. This is a one o'clock game. Colts are seven and oh straight up last seven at home. You only need the Colts to win this game. T.Y. Hilton might not play, which would be a little concerning, but the Colts are just so much better. The Raiders are going to continue to crater. They had a nice opening week win versus Denver on Monday night. But I don't see anything close to that magic happening again in Indy. Joe Kobe Brissett's been playing really well. Marlon Max is stud. The defense is solid. They're better coached. I like the Colts minus one. Yeah, and we kind of can start chipping away and making our money back by getting money back from the Colts as as long as they uh sorry, after they eventually win ten games and blow up that futures bet. I'm with you. That was the first one I had starred here. Agreed with everything you said. The second leg of the teaser that I want to nominate here are the Ravens at home versus the Browns. The Ravens are seven-point home favorites in this one. And since 2018, which is a majority of the Lamar Jackson era, the Ravens are 7-3 and three as home favorites straight up. Uh, so they just get the job done there. And over that same time, the Browns are three and six as road dogs straight up. Now, this is a play on a couple things. I like the way the Ravens showed fight and came back in that game on the road versus the Chiefs. A couple of weird plays go away. Like maybe they convert a couple of those two point conversions. I think it's a different game. Um, and this is also as much a play on watching Sunday Night Football seeing Freddie Kitchens in action, seeing how much like Baker Mayfield look overmatched against a dominant Rams front seven. Now the Ravens have a good defense of their own. I I like them to get the win. I think seven as a number is, is about right. Um, So if I had to bet against the spread on this one, I'd probably take the Ravens as well. Uh, But in a teaser situation, I think, I think they get the job done and the Browns continue to kind of fall. I like that. That was one I had also eyed. Freddie Kitchens is terrible. He's only three games into his coaching head coaching career. That Sunday night game was abysmal. The fourth and nine draw play, he just had he didn't know what down it was. There's was no excuse for that. That play call was terrible. And then they get it down for the first and goal with a chance to tie the game. And I'm convinced they just ran four verts every play, like the Madden play four verticals from the five-yard line. They had all three timeouts left. Run the ball with Nick Chubb. You have, or you have Odell Beckham Jr., who you traded for. You have Jarvis Landry, who you traded for last year and gave a big contract to. Maybe try a screen. 
or slant or just be like, hey, you're really good. Let's try to get you the ball in open space. What the hell was that play calling? <laughs> it was it was a tr- the the draw on fourth and nine. I audibly like laughed. I was like, I was like, what what was that? And I agree with you. Those four plays in the red zone. You have Nick Chubb, a top. I'm gonna say a top ten running back in the NFL. You have extremely talented options on the outside, and you have an undersized quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who gets into trouble when he holds on to the ball too. I totally agree. Like, get the ball out of your hands quick. You have two receivers that run great slants over the middle. Just, he's a disaster. He's in over his head. Um, and he's lucky that we recorded the Sunday Scaries in the midst of that Sunday night football game. Cause easy lock for Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week. So, Freddie Kitchens, a late nominee for that one. Um, so, Tyler, should we move on to our locks of the week? Do you want to introduce this one since, uh, since I'm undefeated? <laughs> Sure. So I I am two and one. Big improvement from last year. Um, so you want me to go first? Yeah, you could you could set the stage here. So as I was telling you, I was having trouble finding my lock of the week, and then it just as is like a light just shined down on it on my notebook, <laughs> my handwritten notes. We were talking about it five minutes ago. It has to be the Bears minus two and a half. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? <laughs> Is Vi- is Vikings yours? No, no, definitely not. Okay, so I mean, I gave all the stats. I'll reread them. The Bears seven and one against the spread. Their last eight division games. Kirk Cousins five and twenty six against winning teams. Last year one and seven straight up. They don't win when they get behind. How how can I not see this? It's under a field goal. Essentially a pick 'em. <laughs> Bears Bears at home are money. They're five and one straight up their last six games played at home in September. Eight and three against the spread their last eleven games played on a Sunday. This I don't know how it took me so long to figure this out. I think I was overthinking it. Kirk Cousins is garbage versus good teams. We saw week two versus the Packers. I mean, they're like you mentioned, and we talked about they got down twenty one nothing at Lambeau. That defense played incredible the rest of the game, and they gave Kirk Cousins so many opportunities to win that game and he couldn't do it he is Adam Thielen he is Stefan Diggs he has the best running back in the NFL so far and he couldn't do it with it three and a half quarters to come back in that game why would I think he could do it against the Bears in Soldier Field where they've been money over the last year plus that defense is playing great Khalil Mack will be in his grill Bears minus two and a half this was easy yeah Mitch Trubisky that was easy huh so I no I'm I am excited. Uh, I think you're lucky that we don't have to do a Sunday scariest pod this Sunday. Um, I think I think you might get off off easy with this one. <laughs> Picking the Bears also makes it easy for me because if Trubisky plays terrible, I always love that. I have a lot of friends that are Bears fans. It's a very topical conversation in our group chat, Trubisky. So if he plays bad and blows it for me, that's great. But like I said, I'm not more so riding Trubisky. I'm riding Kirk Cousins' awful track record versus good teams. So I love Uh, the Bears in this spot. He will come up short like he always does. Bears minus two and a half. And I think that first game the Bears played versus the Packers kind of threw people off the scent that this would be a regression year. They would take a step back. And they haven't looked great on offense, but they still have that same formula from last year where their defense is unreal. It's still arguably the best in the league. People thought it might take a step back, losing Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio's defense in Denver has done jack shit. They have no sacks, no takeaways through three games. 
and this Bears defense keeps rolling. I love them versus the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how this one plays out. We know, we know I'm on the Vikings here, so I wish you the best of luck on this one, but I will certainly have a money line bet on the Vikings this Sunday, so that'll be good. It'll be a true head-to-head, mano-a-mano, foreheady forehead. Um, okay, so my lock of the week, I am 3-0, and and uh, like you said, Tyler, the board is a little bit tricky, um, but there's one that popped me and it's the Houston Texans at home versus the Carolina Panthers. The Texans are minus four in this one, which was like a little bit like, huh? Okay. Uh, doesn't seem like a lot of love for the Texans in this spot. Carolina coming off a win at Arizona where Kyle Allen looked good. He looked better than Cam Newton. He threw for four touchdowns and you know what? Thank you, Kyle Allen for giving me this betting opportunity, making this line low enough where it is juiced enough for me to want to take it as a lock of the week. Carolina has been terrible recently in early games, early afternoon games. They're one in six against the spread one in six straight up. Um, and I think this Texans team turned the corner last weekend um, going to LA. They, they like barely eked out a victory over Gardner Minshew and the Jags in week two. They had the brutal loss week one against New Orleans, which you're all too familiar with. And last week they went in, to LA a week after the Chargers lost. We were both on the Chargers. I really like them in that bounce back spot. And Deshaun Watson like really solidified the fact that he's a true MVP candidate last weekend. And the biggest key stat was they actually did a good job of protecting him against a really good Chargers front seven. He was only sacked twice. I think this Panthers team literally needs McCaffrey to have 170 to 200 yards in order for them to win any games this season. Um, I like the the Texans defense. I like them at home. Minus four is not enough respect for this team. And I think they get the job done. I just, I like Watson and I think he puts up big numbers again, similar to what other quarterbacks have done um, against this Panthers team. That just, I, I think they're kind of over the hill. So I'm I'm on the Texans and I want it and I want it to have a ton of great against the spread trends for you here. But your Bill O'Brien is a little bit shaky, but minus minus four is low enough where I feel good about it. I looked at this one also, but then I thought it's only minus four. They're at home versus a backup QB. Why isn't it higher? And that was just a stay away from me. Kyle Allen played really well last week. McCaffrey's great. He played awesome. But Kyle Allen, you know, you look at their first two games, and they were in those games. They should have beaten Tampa Bay on that Thursday night. Maybe the issue was Cam Newton is just so banged up. He might be over the hill. The rest of this team might not be over the hill. They've invested a lot of draft capital in receivers the last couple of years in McCaffrey, and we finally saw last week, maybe with a guy who's healthy and incompetent at throwing the ball now, Maybe this offense is explosive. So I don't know. I'm not as gung-ho on it. And you did mention the trends aren't really in the Texans' favor. This just feels like a game where the Texans should win, should take care of business at home, but they just let them hang around like they did with Jacksonville. They let Gardner Minshew hang around. I I love this Texans team. I took them to win the AFC South. I you know I was high on them coming into the year. But th- these games, they just they never make it easy for you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens here. This is very much play on Deshaun Watson at home. Four points against a team like the Panthers with a backup quarterback. 
I think the Texans are a top four team in the AFC, and if they are, they get the job done and they cover in this one. So it's it's a play on that. I I agree that the there's something about a backup QB and like being down ten late and Kyle Allen finding like Curtis Samuel, and I'm just like gotta be kidding me. But you know what, Tyler, I'm undefeated on my locks of the week. I'm feeling like I can see the board a little bit, and I'm. I'm going with a gut pick here, and I like the Texans minus four. Just not enough love. Are you undefeated on your locks of the week? Yeah. How many more times should I say it on this podcast? Probably a couple more times just so it gets in, but we'll see this week. I mean, Kyle Allen, he played great. The tape's out on him now. Against, uh, Arizona, but <laughs> we'll see this week if that was legit. Houston has a better defense, and you did bring up a good point. Uh, Deshaun Watson only got sacked twice last week, which is an improvement for them. Um, I think one of their first-round picks is playing now on the left side. Tunsil's been there a couple games. They're starting to gel. If this Houston team is legit, this is a game they take care of, like you mentioned. You have a backup quarterback coming home off a West Coast game. You take care of business, and you win this game by double digits. So this will be a heat-check game for Houston. I, I hope they win for the sake of my bet for them to win the AFC South, their win total over going against the Colts. But there is a sneaky, maybe Kyle Allen is good and Cam Newton is done storyline. Yeah. So we'll monitor it. And if, and if he actually is, then you know what? I won't be undefeated anymore. I'll be three and one on my locks of the week. But uh, I think that wraps up week four of our pick pod. Everyone look out for our Twitter contest. We're going to be giving away a t-shirt. So we will, be tweeting that out there so again subscribe rate review and uh tyler let's print some winners sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.